Section 1 of The French Revolution, Volume 1, The Bastille. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The French Revolution by Thomas Carroll. Volume 1, Book 1, Chapter 1. Louis the Well-Beloved. President Hinault, remarking on royal surnames of honor, how difficult it is often to ascertain not only why, but even when they were conferred, takes occasion in a sleek official way to make a philosophical re reflection. The surname of Bienname, well-beloved, says he, which Louis the Fifteenth bears, will not leave posterity in the same doubt. This prince, in the year 1744, while hastening from one end of his kingdom to the other, and suspending his conquests in Flanders, that he might fly to the assistance of Alsace, was arrested at Metz by a milady who threatened to cut short his days. At the news of this, Paris, all in terror, seemed a city taken by a storm. The churches resounded with supplications and groans. The prayers of priests and people were every moment interrupted by their sobs, and it was from an interest so dear and tender that the surname of Bienname fashioned itself. A title higher still than all the rest which this great prince has earned. Rich chronology de l'histoire de France, Paris, seventeen seventy-five, page seven hundred one. So stands it written in last memorial of that year, seventeen forty-four. Thirty other years have come and gone, and this great prince again lies sick. But in how altered circumstances now! Churches resound not with excessive groanings. Paris is stoically calm. Sobs interrupt no prayers, for indeed none are offered, except priests' litanies, read or chanted at fixed money rate per hour, which are not liable to interruption. The shepherd of the people has been carried home from Little Trianon, heavy of heart, and has been put to bed in his own chateau of Versailles. The flock knows it and heeds it not. At most, in the immeasurable tide of French speech, which ceases that day after day, and only ebbs toward the short hours of night, May this of the royal sickness emerge from time to time is an article of news. Bets are doubtless depending, nay, some people express themselves loudly in the streets. Memoir de M. Le Baron, Bessonville, Paris, 1805, 59-90. But for the rest, on Greenfield and Steeple City, the May sun shines out, the May evening fades, and men ply their useful or useless business, as if no Lewis lay in danger. Dame Dubarry, indeed, might pray if she had talent for it. Duke Davylord, too. Maypio in the Parliament, but Maypio. These, as they sit in their high places, with France harness under their feet, know well on what places they continue there. Look to it, Davylord, sharply as thou didst, or in the middle of St. Cast on Quiberon with the invading English. Thou. Covered if not with glory, yet with meal. Fortune was ever accounted inconstant, and each dog has but his day. Forlorn enough, language Duke de Gulon. Some years ago, covered, as we said, with meal, nay, with worse. For Le Chalotes, the Breton parliamentier, accused him not only of poltroonie and tyranny, but even of concussion, official plunder of money which accusations it was easier to get quashed by backstairs influences than to get answered. Neither could 
thoughts, or even the tongues of men beside. Thus, under disastrous eclipse, had this grand nephew of the great Rutilio to glide about, unworshipped by the world, resolute Toysil, the abrupt proud man, disdaining him, or even forgetting him. Little prospect but to glide into Gascony, to rebuild chateaus there. Arthur Young, travels during the year 1787 to 889. Paris St. Eminence, 1792, I-44. In dire and glorious killing game. However, in the year 1770, a certain young soldier, Dumouriez by name, returning from Corsica, could see with sorrow at Compagne, the old king of France, on foot, with doffed hat, inside of his army, at the side of a magnificent phaeton, doing homage, the Dewberry. La Vie et les Memoirs du General Dumouriez, Paris, 1822, I-141. Much lay therein. Thereby, for one thing, could de Goulon postpone the rebuilding of his chateau and build his fortunes first. For stout choice, would discern in the Dewberry nothing but a wonderfully dizzied scarlet woman, and go on his way as if she were not. Intolerable the source of sighs, tears, of pettings and pouting, which would not end till France, La France, as she named her royal valet, finally mustered heart to see choice. And with that quivering religion, tremblement do mentor natural in such cases. Best involved memoirs, 21. Faltered out a dismissal, dismissal of those last substantial man, but pacification of the scarlet woman. Thus de Villon rose again, and culminated, and with him there rose Maupeau, the banisher of Parliament, who pledged to a refractory president at crawl in cumbrails on the top of steep rocks, inaccessible except by litters, there to consider himself. Likewise, there rose A. There, dissolute financier, paying eight pence in the shilling, so that went to claim in some press at the playhouse. Where is Ab There, that he might reduce us to two-thirds? And so have these individuals built the Dom Daniel, or enchanted Dubery Dom called in an Armida Palace, where they dwell pleasantly. Chancellor Malpio, playing blind man's buff with a scarlet enchantress, or gallantly presenting her with dwarf negroes, and the most Christian king has unspeakable peace within doors, whatever he may have without. My chancellor is a scoundrel, but I cannot do without him. Dulor, Histoire de Paris, Paris, 1824, 328. Beautiful Armida Palace, where the inmates live enchanted lives, wrapped in soft music of adulation, weighted on by the splendors of the world, which nevertheless hangs wondrously as by a single hair. Should the most Christian king die, or even get seriously afraid of dying? For, alas, had not the fair haughty Chateau to fly, with wet cheeks and flaming heart, from that fever she not met, driven forth by sour shavelings, she hardly returned when fever and shavelings were both swept to the background. Pompadour, too, when Damien's wounded royalty slightly under the fifth rib, and our drive to Trayadon went off futile in shrieks and madly shaken torches, had to pack, and being readiness, yet did not go, 
the wound not proving poisoned. For his majesty has religious faith, believes, at least in a devil, and now a third peril, and who knows what may be in it, for the doctors look grave, ask privily. If his majesty had not the smallpox long ago, in doubt it may be a, been a false kind. Yes, my pill, pucker those sinister brows of thine, and peer out on it with thy malign rat eyes. It is a questionable case. Surely that man is mortal. That with the life of one mortal snaps irrevocably the wonderfulest talisman, and all Dewberry Dom rushes off with tumult into infinite space. And ye, as subterranean apparitions are wont, vanish utterly, leaving only a spell of sulphur. These, and what holds of these may pray to Beelzebub, or whoever will hear them. But from the rest of France, there comes, as was said, no prayer, or one of an opposite character, expressed openly in the street. Chateau or hotel, where an enlightened philosophism scrutinizes many things, is not given to prayer. Neither are Rossbatch victories, Terry finances, nor, say, only 60,000 betrays the cachet, which is Mopio's share, persuasives towards that, oh, head aunt, prayers, who were fret spitten by black art, with plague after plague, and lying now in shame and pain, with a harlot's foot on its neck, what prayer can come? Those lake scarecrows, that proud hunger stricken through all highways and byways of existence. Will they pray? The told millions that, in the workshop or furrow field, glide fordown at the wheel of labor, like haltered gin horses, that blind so much the quarter. Or they that, in the Pesetre hospital, aid to our bed, lie waiting in their manumission, dim are those heads of theirs, dull stagnant those hearts. To them the great sovereign is known, mainly as the great the greater of bread. If they hear of a sickness, they will answer with a dull taunt, people Louis, or with the question, Will he die? Yes, will he die? That is now, for all Fred, the great question and hope, or by alone, the king's sickness has still some interest. End of section one.